Hello, and welcome to Talkin' Tales, where we share stories about our animal companions, their unique personalities, their zany antics, and the heartbreak of saying goodbye. I'm your host, Paul Barnett. You're my Muppet Man. There's only one Muppet Man, and I've got him right here. Those are the words I'd say as I held Muppet on my shoulder or in my lap. Sometimes I'd say variations of that, depending on the situation. I might ask, where's my Muppet Man? And when he came running, I'd say, there's my Muppet Man. Or I'd ask, who's my Muppet Man? I met Muppet in early 2009. He came from a local shelter and was not even a year old. He was just under nine pounds, with soft tan fur that was a bit wavy, but not curly or shaggy. At the time, I had two cats, Jazz and Tigger, and two ferrets, Zoe and Zoxon. A doggy DNA test revealed he was a mix of terrier, chihuahua, poodle, and Great Pyrenees. That last one was a bit surprising, as Great Pyrenees are usually quite a bit bigger than nine pounds, but when his fur got longer, you could see the Great Pyrenees in his face. He made the house and yard his quickly, and, after a short training course, understood basic commands like sit, stay, heal, and leave it. He also quickly learned the names of his feline and ferret brothers and sister, and interacted with all of them. In his younger years, he loved to play with a tennis ball, and his favorite plush red lobster chew toy. Oftentimes, he enjoyed a game of fetch, but he would also play goalie and want me to kick the ball in his direction, while he waited for it with his front legs spread out to the side, to catch it, like a goalie in a hockey net. He also liked to dribble a tennis ball. He'd carry it in his mouth and bring it to me, but rather than just drop it and wait for me to throw it, he'd drop it straight down out of his mouth, let it hit the ground, and bounce once, then catch it in his mouth again. He'd repeat this multiple times, eventually releasing the ball to me, so I could throw it, or roll it, or play tug-of-war with it. Muppet loved to be nice and warm while he slept. In the first year or two, that meant he would snuggle up on a teddy bear bed that sat in the corner of the room. That also occasionally meant crawling under a t-shirt, whether it was being worn or not. Eventually, that meant he wanted to be under the blankets of the bed, snuggled against me, or at my feet in between my legs. He was never destructive or mean about getting to those places, but persistent. I loved the way he would arrange the bedding the way he wanted, then walk around in a circle, and then finally plop down, sometimes resting his head on my arm or leg. This also meant that in the morning, when it was time to get up, a gentle stroke on the back of his neck meant he would roll over onto his back and enjoy tummy rubs for a minute or two before it was truly time to get up. In late 2009, I adopted my first ever kitten. While I had Jazz and Tigger, they were five years old when I met them. Baby Jetfire joined my family, and while Jazz and Tigger showed him the waves of the feline, Muppet got along just fine with him. In fact, the two would snuggle up together at times in my lap. Muppet got along well with the cats. In fact, one day, he climbed up to one of the platforms on a cat tree that I had, and took a nap alongside his feline brother Tigger, 
and feline sister R.C. Muppet was not the only canine in the house after a couple of years. In November of 2011, I made a trip to a local pet store to pick up more food. A local dog rescue was having an adoption event there. I wasn't specifically seeking to adopt another dog. Almost every dog there was in a cage on a table, and almost every one of them was barking for attention, except for one dog, who was laying quietly in his cage. I walked over to that one, and it was as if he had just been waiting for me. He stood up, and his tail started wagging rapidly. He was predominantly a reddish-brown, with a few patches of white fur, and a few pounds larger than Muppet. He seemed very friendly, but I wanted to make sure Muppet would get along with him. I knew Muppet got along with the cats and ferrets, but I had no idea if he'd ever been around other dogs before, and how he would feel about that. Muppet was at home, so I asked the staff if they would hold Harry, that's the name of the puppy I had just met, so I could run home and get Muppet. My house was about ten minutes away, so I would be back in about twenty-five minutes. They agreed, and I rushed off to get Muppet. Muppet and Harry sniffed each other, and then bounced around like they had known each other forever. It was obviously a match, so I signed the paperwork and brought Harry home that day. Muppet seemed happy to have a canine brother to pal around with. Harry isn't one to play fetch. He actually runs away from a moving tennis ball, but will happily chew on a stationary one. But they enjoyed some light wrestling, sharing meals, going for walks, and chasing each other around the yard. Of course, when I would shake the bag of treats, they were both there immediately, sitting pretty and mopping the floor with their wagging tails. Sometimes on walks through the neighborhood, We'd stop at a small farm just a block away, and we'd say hi to the alpacas, goats, and chickens there. A few years after Harry joined Muppet, Tessa joined the two of them. Tessa, a white chihuahua and dachshund mix with a few light brown patches, is a little bigger than Muppet and a little smaller than Harry. She reminded me of Muppet when his fur was cut short. Both Muppet and Harry accepted her right away. At first, I wasn't sure how I was going to take three dogs for a walk, but a dual leash in one hand for Muppet and Tessa, and a single leash in the other hand for Harry, quickly felt normal. I called Muppet and Tessa my scientists, because they like to stop and thoroughly investigate every smell and curiosity along the path. Harry would take a quick sniff, and then want to run ahead to the next interesting point. At times, this could be a bit chaotic being pulled in different directions. But everyone learned to respect the process, and we found a good balance between moving quickly and waiting for everyone to finish their investigations. When we got home from a walk and I sat down, I'd often have Tessa on one side of me, Harry on the other, and Muppet in my lap, on my chest, or at my feet. That is, until a leaf blew across the front yard or someone came within a hundred yards of my property. Then, inevitably, one of my little security guards would notice, and alert the others, and all three would be standing on the futon near the window, looking out, and barking, until the danger had passed. For vet visits, Harry and Tessa would often go together, and Muppet would accompany one of his feline siblings to a separate appointment. For grooming, 
Harry and Muppet went together, as Tessa didn't really need any grooming, except to have her nails trimmed. In 2012, while on a walk through the neighborhood, a neighbor's dog was loose and came running over and attacked Muppet and Harry, picking Muppet up in his mouth and shaking him violently. Another neighbor stopped to help and freed Muppet, who by this point had worked his way out of his collar and was running down the street. I scooped up Harry and ran after Muppet, who was thankfully not injured, but was understandably very scared. I wish I had thought more clearly on that day of the implications of the attack. Muppet and Harry had a grooming appointment scheduled for later that day, and I kept it. However, given what Muppet had experienced, he was not in the mood to be groomed and expressed this clearly. I ended up needing to groom him at home for a while, because he apparently associated the groomer with his attack earlier in the day, and would not let his groomer touch him, even weeks later. It took several years before Muppet could be groomed by someone else again. Even at his longtime vet, he became a bit aggressive during exams. He was never aggressive with me or with his siblings, however. The worst thing he would do is keep his tennis ball from me if he wanted to chew it, and I was going to pick it up and throw it. Anyone who has taken multiple dogs for a walk at the same time has probably had the joys of untangling leashes or having one dog walk around you and wrap the leash around you. One of the phrases Muppet learned was, Other side. I would say, other side, to him, and he would walk behind me to the other side of me, basically untangling himself. I couldn't help but laugh when I used this phrase at home one day in 2016. Muppet was curled up exactly where I wanted to sit down. Many times I could just sit next to him or in some other spot, but he was in the center of what is essentially a beanbag chair, and there was nowhere else I could sit at the time, so I said, Muppet, other side. Trying to obey, or be silly, he stood up, turned around to face the other direction, then plopped right back down in the exact same spot. Muppet was not a fan of thunderstorms at all. We get very few here in the Pacific Northwest, but when we did, Muppet would seek out the nearest blanket or other covering he could crawl under and hide in until the storm passed. He wasn't vocal about it at all, like his sister Tessa. He would be shivering in fear, though, so I would make it a point to hold him close to me, so he would know he was safe. He had similar reactions to fireworks. When he was sleeping, Muppet preferred not to be disturbed. This was especially true with his little ferret brothers and sisters. He got along with them, but they weren't to disturb him when it was nap time. That is, except for one or two special ferrets. In 2012, I had a senior ferret named Norma, who Muppet allowed to snuggle with him. And then in 2017, years after Norma had passed, I adopted a senior ferret named Ellie. I don't know if it's because Ellie reminded him of Norma, but Muppet liked to snuggle with Ellie and let her sleep next to him while he was napping. Also in 2017, senior dog Murphy joined my family. Murphy was a little taller and a little longer than Muppet, 
but about three times his weight. Muppet and Murphy got along famously, though. Murphy was a part-time scientist and part-time explorer, so on walks, Murphy and Muppet were often investigating the same things. I'm sure it didn't hurt that Murphy was big and warm and cuddly, and so Muppet would often nap next to him. Muppet seemed to know what I was feeling. Over the years, he helped me say goodbye to multiple pets. His feline sister, R.C., in 2014. His feline brother, Tigger, in early 2021. And then his canine brother, Murphy, and feline brother, Jazz, later in 2021. And a number of ferrets throughout the years. Muppet would curl up next to me and rest his head on my arm or leg and place his front paws on my chest and gently pat me, as if to console me. If I brought my face close to his, he'd poke his little tongue out and give a gentle lick. Similarly, if he knew I was happy, he'd be up on his feet, tail wagging excitedly. I could tell when he was happy, too, like when he had one of his favorite toys with him and was enjoying playing with it. For example, when he had a tennis ball in his mouth, he'd have this little happy jog he'd do around the house with his tail up in the air, swishing back and forth. Muppet also knew everyone's name. Not just his canine brothers and sister, of course, but every animal who ever set paw in my house. He knew every ferret I ever knew, except my first two ferrets, Buffy and Xander, who passed before Muppet joined my family. He constantly demonstrated that he knew who was who. The first floor of my house is ferret-proofed, but occasionally, when the ferrets were out playing, one would see something and try to get to it. Even though they couldn't, they'd still try, like by standing up against the table and trying to jump onto it. If I was sitting down and saw this, I would call the ferret's name from across the room, with the intention of standing up and going over to them and moving them away from whatever it was. But Muppet always beat me to it. He'd hop up, rush over to them, and gently brush them away with his nose. If I called the name of a cat, he'd jog over to them and stand facing them with a knowing look on his face. For these reasons, I called him my little enforcer. But he was never mean about it. He never hurt anyone. If you'd like to share a story about a special pet, visit us at TalkinTalesPodcast.com or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TalkinTales. Stories are pre-recorded, so you don't have to worry about being live on the air. And if you prefer to write your story, I'm happy to read it for you. Again, please get in touch via TalkinTalesPodcast.com or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TalkinTales. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-T-A-I-L-S. If you run a rescue or shelter, or know someone who does, please have them get in touch so we can feature them on an upcoming episode. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash talkandtales. No matter what podcast app you choose, please take a moment to rate and review the show and share it with a friend. It helps us find new listeners, which means we can bring you more stories. Stories.